Thank you for taking the time to listen to this life-changing message from the ministry of Faith Bible Chapel. We hope this message will encourage you in all parts of your life. At the end of this message, you will hear more information on how to contact our church family, as well as directions for you to visit us for any of our worship services. Until then, join us for the service in progress. So guys, listen, we are continuing with our series we called Fresh Start. And so last week I preached about a message about setting goals for 2019. Very, very important that you would lay out the goals um, that, that you would want in your life, that God would lead you to step into, for you to be healthy in. And one of the things that God has spoken to me for, for myself, for my family, and for us as a church is that this year, 2019, would be the healthiest year we've ever had. Amen? How many would love that? I would love that. I, and I think that's what God has for us. And so the purpose of this series is to allow the Word of God transform us, to change us, to lead us, to guide us, and to give us a fresh start this year. And so our lives consist of several different key areas. And these key areas are, are our, our physical health, our spiritual health, our relational health, our mental health, our financial health. These are the areas we're going to be covering over the next several weeks because God wants you to be healthy. And so what we do know is this, if one of those areas of your life is unhealthy, it affects every area. It affects all the other areas of your life. And so I've been praying for us as a church. I've been praying for you this year. Um, I, I believe that God wants to get us healthy. What that means is God wants our house to get in order. Wants our house to get in order. Getting a house in order means getting a house healthy. And this is what I know about God. This is what I know how he's worked in my life and how I've seen him worked in churches, not only ours, but churches across, around the world. Is that God blesses a house that is in order. Do you know that? He blesses a house that's in order. His blessing is always available to us as, as followers. That there are principles that if we will obey them, it opens up the floodgates of God's blessing to be in your life, in your family, and in the church. So God wants us in many ways to get our houses in order and for us to have a fresh start in 2019. So we're going to be taking some assessments of our lives. We're going to be honest about things in our lives. And that's going to be difficult. But then we're going to, as we are, take assessments and we are honest, God's going to give us a fresh start. If you didn't hear my message from last week, let me encourage you to do that um, because it's going to be the premise of how we step into all of these other uh, messages over the next several weeks. So there's no doubt, there's no doubt that God wants us to be healthy. And particularly, this is what we're going to be talking about today, particularly in our, the areas of our spiritual health. Because unless really spiritual health, health is where it all starts. And that affects all the other areas of healthiness in our lives. And there's no doubt that life is taxing. Listen, I know life is taxing. I know that there are stresses, that the, the, the taxing of life on our life can affect all these areas we're talking about in a negative way. It just can. It just, you can't just live life and think, hey, nothing ever bothers me. That's just not true. It affects us. And so hurts in life, disappointments in life, betrayals in life, difficult times in life, storms in life, whatever it may be, it affects our health. And so one of the greatest things, though, that you can do this year as we step into this message about spiritual health is to admit that you are not God and that you are human. It's the greatest liberation you could ever have because so many of us try to be God. And then we get disappointed in ourselves that we're not God. Well, duh. 
when I got. And we set all these expectations in our lives that, that we're supposed to have all the answers, that, that we're supposed to know how to do everything. And here's the reality. Release yourself from having all the answers. Release yourself from, from being able to be all-knowing and all-powerful and everywhere at once. That's God's job. He, he's those three things. You are not. And so the first step of spiritual health is actually just acknowledging I'm, I cannot allow my, I cannot, I'm not the giver of health of my spiritual life. There are principles I can follow, but it's God who comes through and gives me health in our lives. And so this whole idea of having a healthy life is for us to be able to wake up, for us to acknowledge I am not God, I am human, for us to embrace our weakness. I'm not saying we celebrate our weakness. I just say we embrace the reality. We're weak. We're human. And we say, God, I'm putting my life into your hands. The one who is carrying me, who is you, I can trust in. And today we're going to walk this out and you're going to strengthen me. I'm going to walk in your power and not mine. Because the reality is this, we can drift in our spiritual health. Just like you can drift in your physical health, you can drift in your financial health, you can drift in your, in your relational health or your mental health. You can drift in these areas. But with spiritual health specifically, it comes down to this. The further you get away from God or more independent of God, the more struggle you're going to have in your life. The more unhealthy you're going to be. The more stress you're going to be walking through. The more confused you're going to be. The more things are going to feel wrong, the, the more the, 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 you're going to make bad decisions when you're not walking with God. Because you won't have the compass in your life. You're going to allow your emotions to rule you instead of the Spirit of God. You're going to come to conclusions that are based off of emotions that actually aren't true. And then the outcome of that's not going to be godly or good for, for your life. So you're not, if you're not following God's plan for your life, probably you feel unhealthy in that spiritual world. Now, I'm not talking about losing your salvation. I'm just talking about drifts, drifts that all of us have. When we drift, when we, when we lose kind of our direction or we get off just a little bit, it affects every area of our lives. And so many people think if you drift in areas, oh, have you lost your salvation? No, 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 no. It just means you just need to come back and align yourself with God's plan for your life. So the further away that I get from God's way, the less peace I'm going to have in my life. The less security I'm going to feel in my life. On the other hand, on the, on the flip side of that, the closer I get to God, the more my life is going to be full of his peace. The more my life is going to be filled with his security. Even if things are not going well, I'm going to be doing well if I'm close to God. When I get closer to God, it changes every area. It's, it's like yeast that works itself in your life. Spiritual health begins to work in every area of, those, uh, of our lives that I've already spoken of today. It's kind of like when Moses, when Moses got close to God. You guys remember the story? He gets close to God. and it, The Bible says that it changed his appearance. So the closer he got to God, he, he looked differently. People even had to look away from him. He, he glowed. He was the first, like, that, the glow worm. Remember the glow worm you squeeze and, the, and its head like glowed? Remember that? That dates me. I'm old. That was Moses. His, his face glowed. He was, he, was, he was so close to God that he began to pick up God's light in his world, in his life. 
When the prophet Isaiah came close to God and came into alignment with God and came into alignment with God's ways, he was depressed, he was discouraged, he was frustrated, and all of a sudden he met with God and he, then he turned to be a courageous prophet who proclaimed the truth of God. We all want to be close to God. When Paul met Jesus face to face, he was radically changed the closer he got to Jesus. He went from being an accuser of the church, a destroyer of the church, to an encourager and a builder of the church. He was called the apostle of love. Why? Because he got close to God. So all of us want to be closer to God. The reason why you're here today, because you acknowledge that there's something in your life, there's, there's an area of your life that you recognize, I need to be closer to God. That's why you're here. You may not know that's why you're here, but I'm telling you it's why you're here. Because God's drawing you near to him. The scripture says this, that we all like sheep have gone astray. And something for us to understand today, the reason why Jesus is called the chief shepherd, shepherd of the church is because we're like sheep. And one thing that I know sheep do, sheep drift. We all like sheep have gone astray. We've all drifted. It doesn't, it doesn't mean like we've, we've jumped off a cliff. Some people do. But some people, you've just drifted a little bit. And before you know it, you're thinking, oh my gosh, I, I don't feel that close to the shepherd. you know why? Because you're not. Because you've drifted. Because I've drifted. Because we've made decisions to say, you know, I'm just going to go my own way and do my own thing. Now, I know some of us can all point to a time when, where you'd say, you know, I remember when I really felt God's presence in my life. I really felt like I was close to God. I really felt this, this sense of friendship. And that's what today's message is about. Us coming back into alignment so we can walk out that friendship with God that we all deeply desire. Because life happens, stress happens, and we begin to drift. Last week I was praying and just really seeking the Lord about this message and about what he's doing in my life and, and what he wants to do in our church. And, and it was just this gentle voice from the Holy Spirit. And God speaks to me, and it's usually my voice that I hear, but I know it's not me. It's the Lord speaking to me. And he says this, Jason, I want to be your friend again. And that, that broke my heart. But I realized that my friendship with God had drifted. Now, it doesn't mean I was... I was lost. It doesn't mean I was bar hopping and, you know, in Vegas gambling. And it doesn't mean all of that. It doesn't mean I was doing crazy stuff. But you know what it meant? That I had become so busy working for Jesus that I drifted away from growing in my friendship with Jesus. That's what it meant. So I said, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I also want to be closer to you. Maybe for you, you can say, you know, Jason, I used to sense that. I used to feel that. But I've lost that. I feel a million miles away from God today. And so how do, I, how do, how do we get a fresh start in our spiritual health? Well, here's the great thing. We have a story in the Bible. There's this beautiful story of what's called the prodigal son. And we're going to read the whole story in just a moment. And this is the parable that Jesus told about a father and his son. And really you could say this parable is about the loving father. 
Um, just before I get into this, you're, if you've never read the book, The Prodigal God, let me encourage you to do this by Timothy Keller. It's, it, it will minister to your heart deeply. Just sharing about the love of God and the love as a father. But this, we have this passage in scripture that begins to lay out what it means to come back into relationship with God once you have drifted. And I just want to encourage you. Don't say, I, I, just, I don't want you to sit there today and think, you know what, I haven't, I'm good, Jason, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I believe the Lord wants us to be healthy. There's always a step closer to the Father we can take. And if we're really honest with ourselves, if we're really honest, we'd say, yeah, things do, things do distract me. I do get hurt. I have been offended. And I do feel further away from the Lord than what I remember. So Luke chapter 15, starting verse 11. Let's read this story. It says, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a, long, for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He longed to fill his stomach. Things were so bad. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he had came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe, put, on, put it on him, put a ring on his fingers, sandals on his feet, bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. I love this story. Just this beautiful story of a man who drifted, a person who got off, and it took some very difficult circumstances in his life to bring him to his senses. So this tells the story of how every one of us really can tend to wander or wander from our creator, wander away from the father who made us, wander away from the life that we know that God's called us to live. And so this story begins, and just to give some context of what was going on, the son just said, hey, listen, hey, dad, hey, father, for us, God, I want you to give me what I deserve. I want what's rightfully mine. Do it, and I want it now. Give it to me. He was demonstrating very self-centered life. It was, it was all about him. It was just him. I mean, he, it was, it's what he wanted. Give me me. Give me mine. Give me what I want, and then I'll be happy. And that's usually where we all start off in life. We start off as, as, as little babies who, we got one thing, feed me and change me. It's all about me. We get to be toddlers, we work on our little bit. 
We get a little older and maybe we can work on it a little bit. Sometimes we can even be adults and be just like toddlers. Because it's still all about me, what I want. But this is what happened. And he said, I want it and I want it now. So give it to me. And so actually he was saying, and I, and I, I want it to be, I want uh, you sell whatever you got to sell and give it to me. And the father did it. So he takes off, the young man takes off and he, and he heads off to the to a Las Vegas type of world. And he begins to do whatever he wanted to do there. He wastes his money, his time, his energy. He wasted it all on wine, on women, on partying. He lived it. He lived it up. And then it all ran out. And he hits rock bottom and he gets homeless. And then a famine hits the nation. And then, and then he thinks, man, I got I to do something. Then he begins to work at a farm. But it wasn't just any farm. It was a pig farm. And for Jews, you weren't, you weren't even supposed to touch a pig. They were unclean. And here he is serving the pigs. And then things got so bad that what he was, what he was slopping the pigs, he was thinking, that kind of looks a little good. How do you know you got a problem when pig slop looks like dinner? And that's where he was. He was desperate. And things went from bad to worse. And then, then, he, then he realizes, my gosh, what am I doing he gets desperate. He begins to think about his dad and think, man, I, where I came from, the closeness I have with my dad and the benefits of being next to my dad are so great. And here I am. The, the servants with my dad eat way better than, than me, that's for sure. And so he wises up and he goes home. He says, dad, will you hire me? I'd rather be a servant in your house than in a distant country starving to death, to death. And we know the rest of the story and the father's response, which I'll talk about in just a, mi- a moment. But from this story, I just want to look at three, three things really quick. Three things to help us get back to God if we have drifted to help us get back to God. Or the areas of our lives that have drifted, how do we get back to God? And maybe, maybe you're way, way far away from God today. Maybe you're like, Jason, I, I just came to church because I know there's something missing in me. I'm telling you, God's going to meet you today. Or maybe you're here today and, 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 and you realize, yeah, there is something off. Yes, I'm close to God, but I'm not as close to God as I'd like to be. I've allowed things in my life that shouldn't be there. I'm allowed attitudes and, and, and spirit. Like I, I allow my spirit to get all out of whack sometimes. And you know what? Things, I, I, I need to make some changes in my life. And so this is the journey for us No matter where you are today, this is how we restore that closeness with God. So I want to talk about the journey to a fresh start in your spiritual life. Number one, in order to get back to that place, you need to get tired of where you are at. Just need to get tired of it. I'm tired of my circumstances. I'm tired of the way I'm living. I'm tired of the distance I feel between God and I. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I don't want to live this way anymore. I'm stressed out. I'm lonely. I'm depressed. I'm overworked. I'm busy. I don't even like myself. I don't like who I've become. When I look at myself in the mirror, I'm like, who is this person? The things that I say, how I act, some of my attitudes, where is this coming from? I'm tired of this. Here's what I want you to know today, that nothing's going to happen in your life. Nothing. Until you first get dissatisfied of where you're at. It's not going to happen. If you think I'm just fine, okay, you have the right to do that, but nothing will change in your life. 
Many of us are tired of being stressed. We're tired of being frustrated. We're tired of, of just living this life that just feels so unrewarding. I'm tired of feeling distant from God. If I was just to ask a raise of hands in the room, and I don't, I don't want you to raise your hands. This is between you and God today. He's going to speak to you and transform you. But if I was to say, how, how many of you here would say, you know, I feel distant from God. I bet a lot of us would raise our hands. We feel far from God. How do we get it back? We're going to find out today. And the passage of scriptures, it says this, that he wasted it all. He had nothing left. He got desperate and hungry, and he finally came to his senses. He was tired of where he was at. And you might be in a famine right now. And you might be thinking, man, what's this, where's this famine coming from? Why, why is God allowing this? Well, I just I want to challenge you today. That remember this, without the famine in this young man's life, he never would have returned probably to the father. And we spend a lot of our time rebuking family, or sorry, rebuking famine and family. But anyway, rebuking fam, famine. But many times it's God wanting to clarify some things. It's God wanting to meet you. It's God wanting to bring you back to a very special place that he had with you before. Why? Because God loves you just the way you are. Yes, he does. But he loves you too much to let you stay the way that you are. He loves you too much. He's too crazy about you. He created you with a purpose. And he's going to do his best in your life. To not allow you to waste your life. He's going to do his best. And when you start saying, listen, I'm just, I'm unsatisfied with where I am. I don't like the way I'm living. I, I, listen, there has to be more for me. I don't like this. I'm telling you what that means is, my friend, you are very close to a spiritual breakthrough. Your hunger, your hunger for God is growing. Jeremiah 29, 13, God says this. He says, you will seek me and find me. And when you, when you seek me with all of your heart, this is a determination. God, I'm sick and tired of where I'm at. God, I'm tired of feeling distant. God, I'm tired of, of struggling. God, I'm tired of feeling empty. God, I'm tired of just living this lifestyle and falling and tripping over the same temptations. I'm tired of this. And then you begin to seek God. And, you're, and there's, a, there's a determination. God, I need you. I'm going to change my life and I need you to help me. This is, this is how we begin our journey back to a fresh start with God. Number two, how do we get there? Number two, we come to grips with your sin. Just come to grips with your sin. What this means is you just own up to your sins. This is what the prodigal son did. It, it, he, he woke up. He, he had this thought, my gosh, what am I doing? I could be at home with my dad. I could be close to him. And it's irrational. It, why, why would I stay here? And this is what we come to grips with our sin. We, we become realizing what it's cost us. What our attitudes have cost us. The drifting that it's cost us. What it's cost us in our marriage. What it's cost us in our families. What it's cost us with the people at church. With, oh my gosh, what, what, have I, what have I done? And to come to grips with your sin is to realize this. Like, th th this doesn't make any sense for me, not to be as close to God as I possibly could be is crazy. It's, it's crazy. And the boy in the, in the story says, man, this is nuts. 
I can't maintain this lifestyle. I can't keep living like this. Just unsustainable. I'm not, I'm not fulfilling anything. I, I, I need you, Father. That's why Luke 15 says this. When he came to his senses, he said, I have sinned against heaven and against you. So he, got, he was tired of where he was in his life. And when he was, became tired, he began to own his sin. Became, he became to just, just embrace, this is what I've done. I have sinned against heaven and against you, Father. Nothing's going to happen in life until this happens, until you step into this. That we need to face the fact that, you know what, God, I haven't been doing it your way. God, I have been drifting from you. Lord, I have been so busy doing things for you that I've forgotten about you. Lord, I've been so busy. I've, I've, been, I've been making decisions that based on fear and based on me wanting to do something and me wanting to control my situation. God, I've been trying to control everybody and everything and all the circumstances around me. When I can't control them, then I get freaked out, then I get filled with fear, then I try to control people even more, and it's this vicious cycle, and I'm just a control freak, God. This is not peaceful. I'm I'm tired of trying to hold the, the reins of the universe and keep it all in order just so I'm not afraid anymore. I'm exhausted. God, I'm sorry. This is what this is about, coming to grips with God, saying, God, I've been trusting something else. I've been trusting in me instead of trusting in you. This is what it means to come to grips with your sin. And God, because of that, I feel distant, and I'm sorry. So many times we think, you know what, this distance that we feel between us and God, we think, God, where are you? God, where have you gone? Lord, it's you that's moved. It's kind of like the, the old couple that had been married for 60 years, and they're driving down an old country road in a, in a pickup truck, and, and the wife who's sitting in the passenger side says, Hey, sweetheart, remember when we used to sit next to each other when we would drive around? He was driving, he says, Well, it wasn't me that's moved. God hasn't moved, but we drift. We drift away. We, we move away by giving our love and our devotion and our trust to something that isn't God, to giving that love and trust to something that only that love and trust should be for God. When you give anything else, your love and trust, instead of giving that love and trust to God. The, the, the Bible has a word for it. It's a very strong word. And we hear it and you think, oh my gosh, Jason. You know what that's called? It's called idolatry. You make an idol out of something. You can make an idol out of yourself. You can make an idol out of a job. You can make an idol out of a car. You can make an idol out of uh, how you look. You can make an idol out of clothes. Anything, you, can actually make a, you can actually make an idol out of your reputation, that it's really not about representing God. Your whole life is about representing you. Anything that you love more than God, Scripture says, becomes an idol. Money can become an idol. Success can become an idol. They're not bad things. Not all of them are bad things. They're, they're just not deserving first place in your life. And so when something gets in the number one slot, everything begins to drift. So for us to have a fresh start in our lives, we need to come to grips with our own sin. 
with everything about our own sins. To allow the Lord to say, to, to, to examine us and to speak to us, to bring clarity to areas of our lives that, that just aren't lined up with God. And the reality is this, the fact is this, you are as close to God as you choose to be. And what happens in our world of blaming all the time, because man, we are blamers. Human race is blamers, but Americans are really a lot of blamers. We, we just like to deflect blame, deflect responsibility. And when you come to grips with your sin, it's not about blaming somebody else anymore. Well, I, well man, I wouldn't be frustrated if you weren't like this. You, you, you ever been in a fight with someone and said, well, I wouldn't be acting this way if you hadn't have done that. So what you're saying is, I'm not responsible for my attitude. My attitude's justified because you did that. Well, I said that because you said this. It's in all of our lives. Well, I acted that way because you acted this way instead of being like, you're right, I acted wrong, I'm sorry. We're always trying to blame. You're like, listen, if I'm going to go down, I'm taking two or three people with me as well. We love to blame. But when you come to grips between you and God... There's no, 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 no other name on your lips except for yours. You can't blame your husband because of your drifting. You can't blame your wife. You can't blame your mom. You can't blame your mother-in-law. You can't blame your, your father. You can't blame your father-in-law. You can't blame your pastor. <laughs> was, anyway, sorry, maybe that came. Freudian slip there. You can't. You, you, can't, you can't blame anybody. Come into grips with your sin. It's about you. It's owning it. Can't blame the government. Can't blame Obama. You can't blame Trump. Can't blame CNN News. Can't blame Fox News for your attitude and how huffy puffy you are. Come on. Be a man, be a woman, come to grips with your own sin. And that will begin to restore your relationship with God. When you come and to say, God, listen, I'm sorry. It's in David, David, after he, he had an affair with Bathsheba, he, he, he writes in there, no, no way, well, God, if you hadn't made her so beautiful. Lord, if she hadn't have been out on the rooftop. But Lord, just because it's still, yeah, I guess I'm, no, you don't hear any of that. He, he embraces it totally. He failed. He came to grips with the sin. And then he prayed this incredible prayer that we have out of Psalm 51. He said this, have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love. In other words, God, you haven't moved. and I'm the one that's moved because of your great compassion. Blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt and purify me from my sin. He came to grips with this sin and the Lord restored him. When you do this with a sincere heart, when you, when you are honest with God, when you're tired of where you're at, when you, when you just come to grips and confess and own your sin, you step into a realm of peace and security and wholeness that you never had before. 
Your security and peace and wholeness has nothing to do with anyone else. It's not anyone else's fault. It's just you coming to grips with where, where you have drifted yourself. And the third one is how do we, how do we restore a relationship with God? Is number three, you surrender yourself to God. You surrender. Surrender is the key to closeness. If you want spiritual health in 2019, learn how to do this a lot. Surrender, 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 surrender. Because your, your flesh is going to be like, I don't want to do it. Surrender. But I want to have this attitude. Surrender. But I don't want to be like Jesus right now. Well, then surrender. Surrender means give up. Means let go of something. Let it go. Don't own it for yourself. Surrender. It needs to be, listen, if I come to you and say, if I got a gun, put, hey, if I point a gun at you, you're going to be, oh, I give up. You're in charge. Tell me what to do. That's what surrender is. I give up, God. You're in charge. Tell me what to do. Look at the change in this, in this attitude of the son. When the son in the beginning of his, as he began to drift and his attitude was all about me, what I want and what I think ought to happen, he says this in Luke 15, he says this, hey, dad, I want my share of your estate now before you die. In other words, man, I can't wait till you're dead. That's what he was saying. Give it to me now. The father did it. He gave it to him. The son went out. He got tired of where he was at. He came to grips with the sin. And he began to surrender. And this is what a surrendered spirit sounds like. Then he came back. Listen to how, listen to his attitude change. Look at this. Please take me on as a hired servant. I surrender. I give up. Before it was, Dad, you serve me. Dad, you give me. Dad, you do what I want. Some people do this even today. Well, all right, God, I'll bargain with you. I'll give you this if you do that. Just so you know, don't bargain with God. Before it was, Dad, give, give me what I want. Dad, you served me, but when he returned, listen to a surrendered heart. Dad, how can I serve you? What do you want me to do? That is, that is, a, that is a surrendered heart. A surrendered heart sounds like, how can I serve? How can I help? A surrendered heart is, hey, let me tell you. Let me tell you everything you ought to do. Let, let me tell you how you ought to fix this. Let me tell you how you do that. Let me tell you what you ought to do to make this. Let me tell you. And all of a sudden they have all these solutions. And really what it is is about every, they, what they do. They're telling you what their opinion is and what they want for them. A surrendered heart says, how can I serve you? And this is what God, this is what it means to be surrendered. Ask God how you can serve him. This is the path to spiritual health, surrendering to God. This is a fast track to get closer to God. Move from a self-centered life to a God-centered life, serving others. This doesn't happen overnight. It's a process you're going to spend for the rest of your life being surrendered to the Lord. But this is what I know. God's still working on me. I'm still learning to surrender things in my life. It's gonna, I'm going to spend the rest of until I step my foot in the grave, I'm going to be working on surrendering my things in my life to Jesus. I just am. And so are you. 
But it's a process that we would, we, we would continue to grow in being living sacrifices for the Lord. Be surrendered to him. But there's, here's the amazing benefit. The closeness that comes with God. The whisper of his voice into our hearts. Doesn't sound like a whisper anymore. It's a shout. Because we're closer. And the reality is this. I can't hear God's voice. I can't hear God's voice. So, so if, the, if, if that's God and I'm, just, I'm over here, well, I can't hear God's voice. Well, let me, let me just give you some practical advice. God's always speaking. If you can't hear him, it has something to do with your distance. And so you walk closer to him. So that we can hear him again. Lord, what do you want me to do? Instead of coming to God and a whole prayer life is about what we want God to do. God, I want you to, God, let, let my ministry succeed. God, let this succeed. God, give me this and God, give me that. How about God, how do you want to use my life to be a witness for you? How do you want me to serve the church that I'm in? What do you want to take that you've given me that can help other people? That is a surrendered life. Paul says this out of Romans 12. He says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. In other words, because God's given you so much, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is true and proper worship. Well, you don't hear that a lot, do you? True and proper worship is a life that's surrendered to God. It's a life that's focused on others. It's a life that doesn't gossip. It's a life that is generous. It's a life that is representing the love of Jesus Christ to others. Living sacrifices. Just so you know, a living sacrifice isn't easy. It's not easy. But in view of God's mercy, it's the least I can do. We're all on a journey. That's why Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 3.18. He says, we are being transformed. Being, we are in process. Being transformed into his image. This message today is just about making the decision to get in the process. Listen, you're, you're, you're never going to make it to Jesus' status. I'm sorry to disappoint you. Not going to happen. But we are being transformed into his image. It's an ongoing process. So when we get tired of where we're at, when we come to grips with our sin, when we completely surrender to God, listen to how the Father responds to you and how the Father responded to the Son. This is what he says, but while the Son was far off, but while he was a long way off, his Father saw him. How in the world did he see him if he was a long way off? You know what it means? He was looking for him. He was waiting for him. He wasn't he was on the other side of the door sitting in his, in his lazy boy saying, well, listen, my boy wants me. He'll come knock on my door. No, no. He was out on the porch saying, man, maybe today's the day. Maybe he'll just come home. And maybe he saw a little shadow. He could tell. That's, that's how my boy walks. That's, boy, he looks different. He's really skinny. His hair's all matted. But I, that's my boy. That's my boy. He was looking for him. And he was filled with compassion for him. Listen, this is God's heart for you. He's filled with compassion for you. God, most of us think if I return to God, he's, he's going he's to grab me by the back of my neck and drag me up behind the woodshed and beat the snot out of me. I don't want to go back to God. No, this is who God is. He's a God of compassion. He's a God of love. And he didn't stand there at the porch and say, well, about time you got your butt back. 
No, he left his porch. He ran to the sun. He threw his arms around him, and he kissed him. He embraced him. He smelled like a pig, smelled like urine, and he hugged him, and he put his arms around him. That's what God's doing. That's what he's saying to us today. This is what happens when we make the decision to surrender to God. When we make the decision to give him our lives. He put the best robe on him. He, put, he said, man, these shoes are nasty. God, go get him a new pair of shoes. He put his ring on him. Which said this, this, this boy belongs to my, oh, dad, I'm, I'm not worthy. You, you don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've done. Put a ring on him. He's my son. And God restores that relationship, the closeness is back. And I've, I've often thought a long way off, the father ran out to met him. And the father put his arms around him. And he walked back to the house with his son. How you been? Man, I've missed you. I've been looking for you every day. You look skinny. Your mama's going to want to feed you when we get back. Son, come on. Oh, Dad, I, I, Dad I'm, I stink. I don't care. You're my son. Well, I don't know how long they walked and their arms were together. And, oh, man, where you, I, where you been up to? You know what? I know what you've been up to. Don't tell me. It's okay. Come on. Let's come home. Let's clean you up. Son, you obviously, you're tired of where you're at. You, 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 you confessed your sin, and I forgive you. And you're surrendering yourself to me. You belong in this home. This is your house. It's always been your house. Come on. And he kisses him. And he loves him. He doesn't hold a grudge against him. He doesn't, I can't believe you did all that stupid stuff. He doesn't do any of that. He's ready to lavishly pour his love and his kindness and bring you back into friendship that you've been longing to be in for so long. So here are some questions as we close today. For you and this year, us getting healthy, starting with spiritual health. What areas of your life are you tired of? That's between you and God. What areas are you tired of? What areas are you, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with this. Second question, what attitudes, what sins, mistrust of God, pride, do you need to come to grips with? Or stop pretending it's not there. Stop justifying it. Stop blaming someone else for it and own it with your sins. Just own it. Come to grips with it. And the last question is this. Have you surrendered yourself completely to God? This is a journey for us this year, but this is where it begins. The Lord's waiting to come to you, to run to you, and to restore every bit of life and relationship that's been lost through a season of drifting. He brings you back today. Will you take those steps? 
We hope that this message has spoken something personal to you. If you would like more information about our church family or service times, please call us at 303-424-2121 or visit us at our website, www.fbci.org. Faith Bible Chapel currently meets in our Family Worship Center, located on the corner of 62nd Avenue and Ward Road.